God bless you. Thank you. All right, I'm actually going to use this because I have a few notes that I want to talk about today. Uh, <clears throat> so this is my first time actually preaching. So you guys have to be gentle with me. I might uh, mess up a few times. I made some horrible notes because I kept changing things around. Every time I prayed, I felt something new on my heart. Uh, just like my classroom. All right, so the title of my message is, What Are You Thinking About? Now, a lot of you guys can be thinking, oh, I'm thinking about this, I'm thinking about that. But I'm talking about what is your daily thoughts? Where does your mind wander? Where does it stay? Where is it steadfast? Uh, before I get started, I'll tell you just a little tiny bit about myself. Uh, I was born March 10th, 1984. It was right after lunchtime. It was a great day. It was kind of sunny. Speed things up a little bit. found my first true love, which is fishing. I just absolutely love fishing. This, fit, this picture is not stretched out by any means. It is actually that big, I promise you, about, what's that, seven feet, something like that? But it was uh, quite a few years later after fishing that I found my true love, my one true love. And God blessed me with being able for her and I to become one. And we unified together. It's kind of a weird picture, but that is both of us. So after I met my wife and we became one, I was blessed again. God blessed me with a family. I just love and adore my son, Mason, and our soon-to-be second son will be coming in less than 30 days. Woohoo! So uh, God has given me such a passion for my family that I have been able to grow in Christ as well because my, when I think of love, I think of God, and I am able to transfer him into my family. Ah. All right, so today, when I'm talking about what you're thinking about, we're going to start with Philippians 4.8. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. Something else I should let you guys know, I'm a teacher. Uh, I just finished my first uh, year of teaching. It ended on Monday. And let me tell you, it was the biggest job challenge of my entire life. I taught the fourth grade, and I thought it was going to be a piece of cake because I know fractions, I know decimals, and I know how to read well. You know what? It is very hard to teach someone who doesn't have those first principles. So it just took so much out of me. Every day I had to plan like three lessons for the same lesson to see which one they were going to understand. <laughs> Every day I start off with an academic objective. I tell them, today we are going to learn how to add fractions. They did not care. <laughs> they had no interest in it whatsoever. And every, it took probably a month of me having to hear, well, why do we have to learn this? Why is this important? And I was like, because it is. And that was not good enough for them. They were like, nah, I don't care. And one of my kids like just asked, so we're just learning to learn. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. So I later found out by another teacher guiding me after watching me one time, you need to tell them why they need to know this. It has to be reflective in their life. And we're all a little selfish, so it needs to benefit us in some way, it feels like. So when they found out that would you rather have three quarters of a million dollars or would you rather have half a million dollars, I don't know. And then you tell them why, what, three quarters? And they're like, oh, I want three quarters then they care about fractions. 
So what it, what it comes down to is what are we thinking about and how do we think? I love using logic. I, I, I'm very logical. My wife is, uh, we did premarital counseling and they were able to tell us that uh, you're more of a logical thinker and she's more of an emotional thinker and you need both. So many people think you need to just do what, what your heart feels. No, you also need to be, you also need to think. The Apostle Paul says we need to think. So when it goes into thinking, that is our mind. What is our mind fixated on? What are we thinking about? What is it, where does our mind go? Romans 12, 2. Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. It is directly saying our renewing of our mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. We need our minds for this. Our mind is a scientific wonder. There's 12 to 14 billion cells in your brain. 12 to 14 billion cells. Each one of those cells has 10,000 connectors. I know we always want to expand things to how he's made this huge, wonderful universe and all these stars, but inside of our heads alone, there's 12 to 14 billion times 10,000 connectors that God has created just inside of our mind. And you know what? That is where most of our battles come from. Our battles come in our mind. We create our own battles a lot of the time. A study was proven that 8% of what we worry and what we fear, uh, what we fear actually happens. So that other 92%, we have just completely created in our own mind. We have imagined it. We have worried about it. We have feared about it, but it does not come to pass. Uh, so as Christians, we need to renew our mind. We need to renew what we are thinking about. And we also need to limit what we are thinking about. There are so many things that as Christians, we have not made sure to have the right filters in our daily life so that we do not think about the things we should not. I'm going to break this verse down if it was still up. It said, uh, whatever is true in every city, every major city in the U.S., it is estimated that in your day, you will see 5,000 advertisements. You will see billboards, you will see signs, you will see brand names. Almost every t-shirt or pants has a logo on it, and you will see all these different things. How many times have you seen a commercial where it's just a fabulous-looking model or a guy, and they're just wearing these wonderful clothes, like, oh, if you're wearing these clothes, you'd look like me. That is a lie. I do not look good in skinny jeans. I was just appalled. I was just like, oh, my gosh. Like, I was, gonna, I was like, I've got to look good up on stage and get some skinny jeans. Wife was like, no. They also go into, uh, if you drink this beer, you are going to be the life of the party. You are going to fit in. Everyone's going to have a great time. They do not show you the drunk. They do not show you the DUIs, the accidents, the deaths. They do not show you the homeless man living on the street who has completely ripped his family apart because he had to have that special beer. How many of you guys love to see those Big billboards. They have them posted all around Bakersfield, too. Of, you know, Jim won $13,000 at Eagle Mountain Casino. Bill won $38,000 at this one. This guy brought $10 and won $57,000. They do not show the guy who has lost absolutely everything. And he, if, he, if you give him $100,000, he's going to go back and do it again. We are just filled with advertisements that lead us to these false beliefs that we are going to be happy through them, 
But in John 14, 6, it says, Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and life. No one comes to the Father except through me. God is the truth. Like I'm trying to, with this message, I'm telling you, what are you thinking about? Are you thinking about God, who is the truth, as Paul is asking us to focus on? Or are you thinking about the truths that we're, the advertisements are trying to, are not the truth? It goes on to say, whatever is noble. Noble is kind of lost on my generation. Noble is often, uh, it's often a synonym for dignity. We do not feel, we do not think of, oh, I have a, a very noble friend. I've never had a friend actually say that in any way. It's like, oh, I had a very noble teacher. I had a very noble cousin. That is almost lost on all of us. And we need to actually take time to have these noble thoughts, not just the daily thoughts that we have. And I'm not saying you can't have joyful thoughts. You can't have fun. God created us. He wants to love us. He wants to have all these wonderful things for us. But we must take time in our thoughts and in our mind to think of noble things. We are the children of the utmost high. There is nothing more noble than him. And we need, as his children, to take some time in our minds to have noble thoughts. And since he is the highest, thinking of him is exactly what we should be doing. We should be thinking about God every day in our life. What, the verse goes on to say, whatever is right. Now, this one was kind of tricky for me because I, you know, so easily is everyone offended nowadays. But I had to... I had to say it because this is where the Lord's led me. It is not what is right for you or right for me. This is talking about morality. This is talking about the moral values that God has put forward. A lot of people will say, this might be right for you, but it's not right for me. This verse is not saying what is right in your mind or what is right in this person's mind. This is saying what is right according to God. No one else. We, it is not, if you do that, if you try and say, well, that's not right for me, you are making morality subjective. Morality is not subjective. It is objective because it stems from our Lord God and it comes from his character and it comes from his nature. He is steadfast and he does not change. So that is why we are not looking at what's right for you and what's right for him. We are looking at what God deems is right. You know, I had a pastor years ago talk about, you know, we can be better than the world. But you know what? The world is a lot different than it was 10 years ago. So if the world was here in the beginning and God was right here, well, the world's moved a little bit away from God. So if we move next to the world, we're still not the same as the world, right? But we're still farther away from God. Well, when the world keeps moving, it's getting farther away from God. And we feel sometimes, well, we're not as bad as the world. But when that world keeps moving, if we move alongside it, we are farther and farther away from God. God stays steadfast and stays the same. And that is what makes him always right. So that is why we need to not move with the world and stick to what God is commanding of us. Whatever is pure. This is going to be hard for some of you. I know this. But, men, 
guard your minds. They are being attacked every single moment. And let me tell you, what you are constantly thinking about, it will catch up with you. You cannot have impure thoughts without it eventually catching up with you. One of the greatest things that we can do to guard your mind is we need to guard our eyes. When I say men, I'm included in this. We need to guard our eyes. When I first started a job many years ago, I, had, I worked with a bunch of men's men, right? And when we were driving trucks to go places, they would be like, oh, check out that girl right there. Check out that lady. Look at that. Oh. And I just wouldn't look. I was, I'd only been dating my wife for a few months, and like, oh, he's still in love. He's still doing this. And in my heart, I was like, no. I'm not going to disrespect my wife like that. And I knew not to even look. I didn't look and then just not say anything or make a comment. Oh, I'm not, oh, I don't think that's good. I don't even look. I am blessed to be at a school that uh, lets us use a computer to be able to research things for our classroom. And there are filters all over it. And I love it because I don't see pop-ups in the corner. I don't see headlines that I shouldn't see. I'm not saying that we need to have so many filters out there that we don't know what's going on in the world. We're not to have our heads in the sand. We are to be aware, but we need to filter what we're looking at. Pornography is the most easily accessed now than it has ever been. It used to be you had to go down to a store or you were going to a public place where people could see what you're doing. Now it is a click on your phone. It can be so easily brought up and it tears apart lives. It tears apart families. It is like a gateway drug. The more you look at it, the more perverted it becomes. It is a perversion of what God has intended for us. Morgan Bennett published an article in a neurological research study that has proven that internet pornography on the human brain can be as potent as cocaine and heroin. It can have such a horrible effect on us as the same as cocaine and heroin. That is why we just have to protect our minds and cover our eyes and look in another direction where we focus our minds. Psalms 101.3, I will not look with approval on anything that is vile. I hate what faithless people do, and I will have no part of it. I love that. That is like a punch to all the people that try and encourage those kind of things. It is like, no, I will not participate in this. Ladies, the same goes for you in what you see. Through the magazines, the books, the TV programs, and even the movies. Disney ruined my life for the first two years of marriage. My wife thought she was marrying Prince Charming. No way. I just could not compete. I did not have a castle to give her. I did not have a little bird singing on my shoulder. I could not sing to her. I could not do all these things. But my wife grew up watching Disney movies, and she was like, aren't we supposed to just have this castle and all these things? And I said, I'm going to try, babe. But right now, I can do like maybe three bedrooms. And, like, and it's stucco. It's not the stone. But I'm going to do my best. But it is the same thing. When women, my wife is watching this, so she will correct me if any time I'm wrong. But when you have these unrealistic expectations of what you want 
and your husband or in your fathers, your brothers, it is unrealistic and you are looking at something that is not true. So when your mind is focused on something, this is how I perceive him to be, this is what I want, it is an unrealistic expectation that will hurt your mind and any relationship that you have. You know, when, when, I, talk, when I think of these, these pure thoughts, someone brought to my attention, what would you guys do if for the entire day, at the end of the day, all of your thoughts were put up on the screen and anyone could see them? Would you claim them as your thoughts or would you say they were someone else's? It's kind of scary, huh? Because you know what? Sometimes it's hard to control your thoughts. Right now, if I were to tell you all, do not think about a huge flying purple elephant and what it would look like. Probably everyone in here is thinking of a purple elephant and what it looks like, right? Those are not where your thoughts dwindle or where they dwell. You will probably forget about a flying purple elephant by the end of this term. But that is a temptation that I put into you. But that is not where your mind stays. That is not where your thoughts are dwelling. You can control where your thoughts dwell. Of course, other things are going to come in, but they will come up. The verse goes on. Whatever is lovely. How many of you guys have lovely thoughts all day long? It's kind of, I, when, I, when I read this, I was like, how am I going to think of a lovely thought? I don't really have lovely thoughts. And if I do have lovely thoughts, I'm not sharing them with anyone else. But... After trying to think about things that were lovely, I literally had to look up on Google, what is a lovely thought? Because I'm thinking, I want to do something that's not going to make me look bad. This is going. But you know what? It came to me. I go fishing in, a, in, the, in the Golden Trout Wilderness. It's about a two-mile hike. And I remember not catching any fish, and I was devastated. I was like, oh, what a horrible hike. This is all wasted. So I, I look up the river to see where I'm going to go, and it's just green pine trees wonderful granite rock waterfalls coming right down the way. And I had realized I had fished there at least a dozen times, and I'd never looked around. God's creation is lovely. It is absolutely beautiful. And people say, oh, but you're out in the wilderness on this big hike, and you can see all these things. I worked for the city of Pismo for a few years, and one of the jobs we had to do was climb on top of these water tanks with the top of the hill. And I would look down, and I could see all the way from uh, Oceano all the way to Shell Beach, and I could see the entire curve of the beach and everything going on there. And you know what? There was thousands of homes. It was a city. It was not some remote landscape, and it was lovely. I saw people smiling. I saw people loving each other, people being happy, and I saw God's creation. And since I've found this out, let me tell you, I've had a lot of lovely thoughts because I've, I just love fishing there. And ever since I went there when I go fishing, I have taken a moment several times to look around and see the beautiful creation that God has created. Whatever is commendable, the verse continues, whatever is commendable. Let me ask you, do you look for negative things or do you look for positive things? I had a pastor one time when I told him that I was looking for another church, had nothing to do with that church and he knew it. I said, you know, I'm just kind of looking for something a little different. Love this church. It's not. I'm just feeling to go look somewhere else. And he told me, when you go looking, you go looking for the church that you feel comfortable in. Do not be, and when you get there, 
If you look for a church that is negative, you will find a negative church. If you look for a positive, loving church, you will find a positive, loving church. And he told me that could be the exact same church. It's the attitude in which you sculpt your mind, that is what it will be. If you think that someone is a bad person, you can come up with 100 reasons why that person is a bad person. But if you're like, this is a good person, you can find those same 100 good reasons to love that person. So when you need to look for a commending, you need to be looking with a positive outlook. Go positive. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice, and the God of peace will be there with you. Put into practice. What we think about needs to be put into practice. Noble thoughts are of very little importance if they do not turn into noble deeds. We are all somebody's example. DC Talk came out with a song that says, What If I Stumble? And before this song plays, there's a short clip. I'll make sure I read this right. The greatest single cause of atheism in the world today is Christians who acknowledge Jesus with their lips, but walk out the door and deny him by their lifestyle. That is what an unbelieving world finds simply unbelievable. We are an example for absolutely everyone. Teaching this year, I had to make all kinds of friends, principals, camp supervisors, other teachers, so that I could survive. It was so hard. I couldn't believe it. The campus supervisor became one of my best friends because he was the one that did home visits. He went and saw the kids in their environment. These were usually the, the troubled kids. And I told him, I've talked with this parent. This, kid, this kid's just not, not doing what he's supposed to be doing. And I talked to this parent, and this parent seems like they're on my side. They're like, yes, we're, we're going to get this kid going right. We're going to put him on the right path. We're going to do all these things. And I was like, I wonder if it's different at home. And he was like, no. He's like, I've seen this parent crying in front of their child saying, you got to do these right things. You, you need to finish your homework. You need to do this. You need to do that. And he's like, and I can feel that he wants it for his kid. I was like, well, then what's the problem? He's like, well, when he's done, he goes outside and smokes a joint because he's stressed out. He doesn't help him with any of his work. He doesn't do anything to actually help him. Pretty much comes down to talk is cheap. There are I found out in life there are two ways to look at things. When I was a little kid and my mom used to tell me, you got to make sure you're doing the right thing because God is watching you. I was like, oh, what? Like, he can see you everywhere. What if I'm in my bedroom? He can see you. What if I'm over here? He can see you. Later, I realized in life that was a blessing. There's so many times in life that I've been in a tough situation and I felt so alone and all I had to remember was God was there. And I'm like, if I could have any, love you all, but if I had anyone that I wanted to have my back, it's God. And I want him with me everywhere. And in my life, that was a huge change when I realized that when God's watching me, that is a blessing. So I'm going to read this two, I'm going to read this last thing two, two different ways. The first one, be mindful of your thoughts because your thoughts become your words. Your words will sooner than you think 
become your actions. Your actions become your habits. And your habits define your character. Your character will then become your destiny. So now when I say that, it's almost like a warning, right? You're kind of, oh, got to have good thoughts, got to have do all these things. Now I'm going to say it the other way that I've learned after I've really studied on this scripture. Be mindful of your thoughts because your thoughts become your words and your words can do great things. Your words become your actions. Your actions can show so much love to so many people. These actions become habits. So every single day you are doing the right thing. Your habits become your character. Would you not love to have such a character that people want to be you? They want to be near you. They want to be close to you. And your habits become your character. And your character becomes your destiny. I would love to have a destiny when I get up to heaven where God is just like you were such a mindful Christian. And your actions and your habits and your character spread throughout the world. And as the last thing, you guys, this might not happen overnight. I, I would be surprised if it did. This is something that takes time. You have to actually focus your thoughts. You cannot just be like, you're right, I'm only thinking about good things. That will not work. I had you guys thinking about a flying purple elephant a minute ago. So now you guys have to take the time to actually focus your thoughts on what is good, what is pure, what is right, what is noble. I pray for each one of you that you are in control of your minds and that you do not let anything corrupt your minds from God. All right, if we can bow in the prayer. Lord, I just, I pray that this message reaches people. Lord, I pray that the things that they hear that you don't want them to hear, I hope those things, I pray those things fall on deaf ears. The things that you do not want us to see, I pray that they fall on blind eyes. And Lord, I pray that the things you do want us to hear go right through our mind and into our heart. And the things we see go right through our eyes and into our heart. Lord, this is a difficult task for many. And I pray that, myself included, we come out with a destiny that we can boast to you about. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.